0: You're listening to episode number 41 of the Brain BS Podcast, Grieving Outside of Our Inner Circle. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, where you will learn how to recognize when the BS detector in your brain is sounding off and how to use that knowledge to get what you want out of life. Now here is your host, certified life coach from the Life Coach School and podcast newbie extraordinaire, Maureen Kafkas from MK Coach LLC. Hello, and welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast. It is a Monday afternoon, kind of dark and gloomy. I'm getting ready to go to my gynecology exam that you heard me talking about in the Brain BS group that took quite some time for me to schedule on the phone. But I did that last week and I already have my appointment. So I was actually pretty surprised by that. Anyway, um, there's always a little brain BS when I'm going to the gynecologist. (laughs) Isn't there for all of us? Like you're just like, I just don't feel like it. But I always do it because I want to remain healthy and I don't want to do anything to jeopardize me being here to experience a wonderful future because I was either too lazy or too misguided to make the right decisions for myself. So yeah. So I'm doing that. And then the other, I do have a little bit of other brain BS going on today because, um, I, yesterday I signed on with a new coach, uh, to learn more about human design, which I told you I was going to be doing. I finally got my consult with her, gladly paid her before we even get, got off the phone and don't start with her until November. But we, well, I mean, we're starting in a different way, but our big call, the first one is on November 11th. So I found myself, because I'm doing something new and different, and it's going to impact how I market for my business and how I actually like what what I provide for my business, I started to get kind of into a little bit of a panic and worried about what this was going to mean. And again, it's always whenever I go to do anything that's new and different, I always want to know how I'm going to do it. (laughs) I want that clarity so badly and I can't have it. That's just the way it, it just doesn't work that way. You can't do something new that you've never done before and create an internal shift within you. If you haven't done it before, this will, but that's just like, that seems to be like a, well, I'm sure if it's happening in my brain, it happens to a lot of you guys too. But it's this idea of wanting, I've always wanted that. I've always wanted to understand the clarity of something so I can just do what I'm supposed to do. Do the right thing. But now, after all these years and deconditioning and reprogramming my subconscious and, and what I think about everything, I know there is no wrong or right way. There's just the way I decide and then I commit to it. So it's all this revamping. It's kind of like a brain renovation is what's been going on here for the last couple of years. And I'm um, liking the way it's turning out, but it's not finished and it's going to be one of those renovations that is never finished. It's always going to be ongoing, but that's sort of like what it's like when you have a house anyway, right? As soon as you get it the way you like it, and you get it all fixed up, then something starts to look a little old and tired, or you don't kind of, you don't really like that style anymore, so you want something different, and um, that's sort of like what happens in our brain. And since our thoughts create our actions and give us our results... That's basically what we're supposed to be doing throughout life is brain renovations and updates and not staying the same person that you were with the same brain from when you were like 20 years old. So any hoodle, I love renovations, both house and brains, and I'm sure that I'm not going to stop doing either anytime soon. So okay, enough of the brain BS of the day. Let's get to the episode today, which is number 41. I can't believe I'm on my 41th, 41th, I can't even believe I just said that, (laughs) 41st podcast episode, and it's called Grieving Outside of Our Inner Circle. This week, we're going to explore how to manage our minds when someone we care about, but is not absolutely central to our lives, dies unexpectedly. We hear a lot about how to cope with the devastation we feel when we lose somebody very close to us, but not so much when it is somebody outside of our inner circle who we may have not even seen on a regular basis or even any time recently. Unexpected losses that do not devastate us impact us in a different way. They essentially magnify our mortality and our fears of dying, which can be quite uncomfortable for us. I will discuss the process I use to accept these losses, minimize my suffering, and work through the emotions so I can grieve in a healthy way. Okay, so let's first start with what I mean by people who are not in our inner circle. I'm referring to people who you maybe once had a close relationship with, or maybe currently have one with, but you do not see much of them. It could be a childhood friend who you lost touch with or even a celebrity or musician whose work you loved. I'm not talking about close friends or family members here in this, in this discussion because those losses are so painful that we usually go into a downward spiral and a tailspin. These are the kind of losses that impact us profoundly, but they're not as intense. So I kind of deal with them in a different way. In fact, I I recently experienced the exact loss that I'm about to talk about, and that's what inspired this podcast, as well as some of my clients losing someone unexpectedly that they really cared about, but that wasn't like, you know, a spouse or a child or a sibling. So a few weeks ago, I was notified that an old boyfriend of mine had died unexpectedly. I actually think I might have talked spoken about it in here talking about it what is wrong with my language today (laughs) okay so I just could not wrap my head around it it felt surreal and unbelievable I did not see this man for years and dated him when I was in my late 20s and early 30s so I'm in my 50s now and that gives you a little bit of context this guy had not been a part of my life for a very long time yet I was really shook up when he died Somehow the world just felt strange and kind of weird without him in it. I was actually really surprised by how much it impacted me. When I examined how I was feeling a little closer, I realized that I was experiencing sadness, fear, and yes, even love. Let's look at the thoughts now that triggered those emotions. The first thought that popped into my mind was that I felt terribly sad for his life partner and his siblings that were left behind. His family grew up on the same side of town as mine, and there's a certain type of bond that comes with that common upbringing. Sad definitely seemed like the appropriate emotion. Given the situation, so I didn't make it a problem that I was feeling that way because I know that there's going to be times in my life that I'm sad. I just tried to pay close attention to it and purposely process the feelings so that I could release them. The next emotion that I became aware of was fear. My old boyfriend was just a few years older than me, so it scared me to be reminded of how fleeting our time is here and how little control we have over that. The third emotion that I want to talk about, the love, it came after working through the other two emotions. I found this one to be the most interesting because I was able to acknowledge a deep love for him again, but in a totally different way than I did a long time ago. Instead of a romantic love, I experienced a love for a fellow human whose time it ended much earlier than anticipated. It made me appreciate all of the good stuff about him instead of the negative stuff that drew us apart because of emotional boundaries. His dying gave me permission to love him again in a way that I could not do so when he was alive. And it allowed me to work through some unfinished emotional business that I had with him in my subconscious. All right, now we have explored some of the thoughts I experienced. I want to share with you some of the thoughts I purposely chose not to listen to or buy into for my own well-being. And trust me, my ego was Throwing them out there and offering them up. The first thought I chose to discard was that something had gone terribly wrong, and this was not supposed to happen to anyone at such a young age. Since I started to do this work, though, I no longer give credence to the shoulds because I know they are just a mental construct created by humans to torture ourselves and add layers to our suffering. The truth is, even though it's so sad, the truth does, the universe does not make mistakes. And it has a plan for all of us that we have little or no control over. I mean, we can help influence it by the choices we make and how we take care of ourselves. But ultimately, when our number's up, it is up. This gives us all the more reason to stay present in every moment of our lives because we have no idea of how long we will have the privilege of being alive. Another thought that I chose to shun is that if I would have ended up with him, I would be a widow now. Now, this is a pretty sad and scary thought that does not serve me at all. The truth here is that the woods are just as bad as the shoulds and no more real. Again, everything always goes exactly as planned and I was never going to end up with him. The reason why we know that is because I did not end up with him. There's no alternative life path that exists anywhere where I would be a widow. So it is a complete waste of time to think about something so disturbing and sad. Do you see what I mean when I say we add layers of unnecessary suffering when we cho- when we choose to focus on thoughts that make us feel even worse than we do already? Yet as humans, we do this all the time. About everything, actually. So I want to mention one more thought that I chose to get rid of because of the way it was making me feel. That thought was that I could die today and my poor husband would be devastated. When I had this thought, I literally started bawling. The sadness was overwhelming and crippling if I stayed focused on it. So I for sure knew I had to let go of that one. Also, let's remember that the coulds are no more real than the shoulds and the woulds. Anytime we reject reality exactly as it is, we are rejecting the gifts and lessons of the present moment. For example, instead of making, instead of thinking something so terrible that upsets me, I could instead learn from the experience of losing somebody I used to love and share my process for grieving, which is what I decided to do instead. So now let's look at another example that happened to me a long time ago. It was quite a few years back when Facebook was somewhat new to the scene. I was looking at my childhood friend who was my best friend when I was in my single digits, so it was a very long time ago. I had tracked her down once before, before Facebook was even a thing, She ended up coming to our house when I was in my late teens and it was really fun. I hadn't seen her for a very long time. So we lost touch with one another after that and I didn't give her much thought. Then one day she popped into my mind many years later and I thought oh I'm going to do a Facebook search on her and see how she's doing. Because remember like when Facebook first came out it was so fun to find people that you hadn't seen for a long time. Well I went to I looked up her name and I found a a vigil on her page because she had died from cancer and left two toddlers. And I was so stunned and heartbroken to find out that my best childhood friend had died and left this world without me even being aware of it. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting in the Adirondack chair in front of our old house on Manor. I was in a really good mood, sat down. Harry was next to me, my dog that I had before. I talked about him in a podcast. And when I found that, I was so sad. Given that it was a long time ago, I didn't have the ability to manage my mind and was in a funk over this news for quite some time. I kept thinking the shoulds and the coulds, and that added extra layers of sadness, which made me feel even worse. This sort of thing brings up another point, actually, and that is texting and social media make us so much more aware now when somebody is sick or dying. It used to be that we would lose touch with people and never know anything about them. These days, we have access to pictures of them, their families, and updates on everything happening in their lives, including illness and death. I have a family thread with my siblings, and that's how I hear about everybody who has died that I grew up with in Ohio for the most part. Death is more in the forefront of our minds than our brains normally want to keep it because we are so informed now with advances in technology and communication. I'm going to switch gears now to an example that is less personal but can still have a significant impact on our emotional state and that is when somebody famous dies. It could be a beloved former president, a musician, maybe an actor or your favorite author. I'm pretty sure that anybody who's old enough can recall where they were when Kennedy got shot. I remember exactly where I was when I heard Elvis died and the Challenger blew up. Even though we have no personal interactions with these individuals or possibly a group of people who die, we can feel a great sense of loss and sadness because of how connected we feel to them. Similar to losing a distant friend, we might imagine it could be us or our family going through the tragedy and this adds to the suffering and that triggers our fear of death. As a result, we resist the feelings and thoughts that come up and that can usually make them feel even stronger. I just want to offer you that sometimes it benefits us to visit that worst case scenario. Then set the thoughts aside and process the feelings associated with them so we can release the emotions and feel better. If we learn how to process and release the emotions correctly and make a point of doing it frequently, the filling will start to dissipate and we can reprogram our subconscious in a way that works for us. There are many other thoughts and fillings that come up with the celebrity death, but I'm just sharing the ones that are pertinent to this discussion. So I just want to take a minute here to explain how this works when I talk about the worst case scenario, because that's what I did. I was in the car driving down Forest Way, a beautiful street along the lagoon close to my home. And that's when I had the thought, oh my God, what if it was me that died and I left Bob here and he didn't have anybody and I just started bawling. So normally in that situation, I would just stop thinking about it. And I would just like think about something else and not do that. But then I worked through it, and I didn't. I didn't leave there. I went to it. I was like, "What if I did die?" And when I was able to do that, I could first feel the emotions in my heart. Oh my gosh, it makes me a little teary-eyed to even think about it right now. Um, so I felt the feelings. And I really let myself go there and I didn't try to stop them and I just breathed into them and then I took a couple deep breaths and then it started to dissipate and I was a little bit better and it just made me realize that we are so strong and we keep going no matter what and as terrible as feelings can feel, they're not going to kill us. They're not. It feels like it. It feels like they're going to destroy us. But they don't if we don't resist them. If we can just get comfortable being uncomfortable during those times in our lives where it's just not comfortable, that's going to minimize our suffering and make everything better for us. So in conclusion, the grieving process is going to look quite different depending on who has died and how they've died. It will also depend on how involved they were in our daily lives in the level of connection we had with them. In this post, I am sharing the process I utilize when people I care about who are not in my inner circle die suddenly and unexpectedly. I recommend managing our minds effectively, accepting the reality of the situation, and processing and releasing the emotions as they come up. I believe this can help us to confront our fears around dying and promote grieving in a healthy manner. I hope you learned something valuable here today. See you next episode. If you like what you heard here today, I would like to ask you to subscribe to the Brain BS Podcast. Give me a review of five and share it with everybody you know. You can also go to my website, www.thebrainbs.com and check out what I'm all about and how I can possibly help you. If you're ready, you can sign up for a free 60-minute consult, Facebook group, called the Brain BS Group, where we dig deeper on all of these topics, and you can ask me all the questions. Lastly, always remember, the only thing standing between you and the life you want is your Brain BS.